Hi, welcome to the Lesbian Podcast. This is Charlie. Jay Church. And we have a guest host in today. Hi, Oregon. Hello. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Thank you for joining us. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself? (laughs) The pressure. Um, I like self-deprecating humor and short walks on the beach. Awesome. (laughs) The dating show was last episode. (laughs) Oh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to have you with us, though. Thank you. Happy to be here. What did you do this weekend? Um, Nothing. I made tea and read and was awakened by phone calls all of last night and this morning. That sounds really exciting. Soothing. Hmm. So you're well-rested for us. I am not. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? What would you get into, Charlie? Um, We went to the Roller Derby Girls match. Um, uh, They were... Who are the two teams that were playing? It's the Oakland Outlaws and the San Francisco... Oh, I feel so bad because we live in San Francisco. I know they're zombies, though. Mm. But I can't think of the official name. Oh. Can you? Uh, anyway, so we went to the <laughs> no. match. There we might have been drinking tickets, involved. I don't know. Um, but uh, we were there. We got media passes. Thank you to the Roller Derby Girls League. Um, and we were able to take pictures, which we'll be posting on the site. But it was, it was. I don't know. I really enjoyed myself. There it was were, like rugby on wheels. It was the most brutal sport I've ever seen. Yeah, and there were a lot more people than I thought. Oh, totally. But I hate to admit that, um, you know, being that we do live in San Francisco, we kind of got canned. It was like 140 to, I don't know, 50 maybe. How was it scored? Basically... 10 points each? I think you get five points. We were trying to figure this out because we're not roller derby experts by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) But I think basically you have a, uh, a jammer that goes around the track and both teams have a jammer at the same time. The jammer's the one with the star on their helmet, right? Right. Yeah. And they have to go through all the other players and like the other players are basically just trying to wipe them off the map. So like you can imagine how brutal this gets. And so if you make it through the pack, then you get like I don't know if you get if you score then. That's 10 points. I don't know if you score then, but once you make it around again, I think you definitely do get points. So basically like the more times you make it through this pack, the more times that you get points. And long story short, Oakland was making it through the pack pretty much, like, I don't know, 5-1 to against our team. I think it's because they had something to prove. They were in San Francisco, so... That could have been. They're trying a little harder, maybe? Yeah. Well, Chica Mala, who was on the show, man, brutal. It was crazy. (laughs) Yeah, so when we did the episode with uh, the roller derbies, girls let Chikamala was sitting in um observing but she did really well coco motion did really well um Justy gillespie was there yeah i saw her yeah <laughs> i love the name like that name yeah. <laughs> it's great because it's like sports and entertainment they've got you know like crazy costumes and you know the face paint and then they've got funny names just like and- the lesbian podcast oh totally yeah. totally we always come in you know face paint and stuff yes <laughs> Um, but I thought it would just be a lot of lesbians, but it was straight, gay, like everyone. There people brought their kids. Um, it was a, like a regular sporting event. Yeah. <laughs> so we also have the results for you, Hollett, which you've all been waiting for. Oh, how did we do? Let's check out and see who Ace picked last week on the taped recording. All right, Ace, so who did you pick? All right, I'm going to pick contestant number three with her big, beautiful birthing hips. (laughs) Woo! All right! 
Well, you know, if the audience votes matched what Ace picked, then we were going to pay for the date. Unfortunately, that's not the case. So, um, actually, the audience picked Lila, and which is a good choice. Number, it was contestant number two, um, but Ace picked someone else, so they're going to have to pay for their own date, it looks like. And I guess uh, contestant number one and contestant number two are going to be sharing drinks together. So On um, a drink ticket provided by Minx? Right, Bar? Minx Bar sponsored it, and they're at 827 Sutter Street, so you'll want to go check them out. And uh, be sure to keep in, t- in touch so that you can find out when the next U-Haul is coming on. We're going to be looking for contestants here coming up real soon. So write us um, on the Lesbian Podcast and uh, tell us if you want to be a contestant or if you want to be on the hot seat. Or if you want Oregon to be a contestant, you can always write in and tell us that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Didn't I avoid it the first time? (laughs) I I wasn't that still, apparently. (laughs) We're voting for you. (laughs) We're we're still keeping our hope alive. (laughs) All right, so the Cockwalk Anniversary Party is coming up this weekend. I think it's uh, March 14th, this Saturday, at Rickshaw Stop. And we're actually giving away two free guest entries. So the first two people to respond to us using our feedback form on our website, www.thelesbianpodcast.com, and tell us that you want free entry to Cockblock is going to get it. All right, let's move into Q News. Q News. Queer news you can use. All right, so there's a bunch of news happening right now that's really interesting. I wanted to start off first with um, some stuff going on with the DNA Lounge, which is a longtime gay establishment. Well, it used to be a full-time gay establishment, I think, but now they just have gay events. Um, it's DNA Lounge. It's in Soma, and they host uh, the lesbian party Cream, or they used to. And they're being they're being Cream a, not going on anymore. Uh, from the article, it looks like maybe it's not. I think, I think DNA, it changed venues. Yeah, I think it had to change because DNA Lounge was being pressured as a result of the California Alcoholic Beverage Commission. Basically, um, they applied for a certain type of alcohol and beverage license that would allow them to let people under 21 into the club. I think it's a food and beverage license or something like that. And they were denied, and so they appealed it. And they're saying that because they appealed the process that they're being targeted by the ABC um, for things that normally wouldn't even be cited as basically uh, retribution for appealing the decision. So, like, the the ABC has gone to only gay events, it sounds like, Cream and another um, Latino gay male party that they hold at DNA Lounge, and sent undercover officers in and supposedly found lewdness and, like, all sorts of unmoral, quote-unquote, <laughs> contact. Wait, at a lesbian party? No way. I know, I know, crazy. <laughs> Especially with all the strip clubs in this city that they'd be focusing <laughs> right. on, like, the DNA lounge. But basically, these these citations would normally warrant, like, a small fine or maybe a suspension of the license. But they're actually trying to shut the club down, which would mean that not only would DNA lounge no longer exist, but no um, establishment could take that location over, ever. And it's been a long-time venue. So they're saying that it looks like maybe potential gay harassment, since they don't know why they only targeted gay parties. Mm-hmm. And I think you were saying something earlier about who put the ABC in charge of, like, moral policing. Right. It just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand how, like, a liquor board basically is determining what is lewd behavior and issuing citations. I mean, I could see for violations of, like, selling to a minor or having someone underage in the club. That makes sense to me, but not determining what is lewd or, like, 
something that is like morally in quotations wrong right and i'm just more interested in why they thought that only gay parties would have moral inappropriateness you know (laughs) i know plenty of straight people that do some crazy stuff but i guess that's another story (laughs) okay so in other discrimination and harassment news a transsexual woman recently charged with misdemeanor prostitution is claiming that harassment and discrimination by the police is what led to her arrest Shelly Resnick is featured on multiple Craigslist ads as T.S. Lady Megan Luana. And these uh, Craigslist ads show Resnick's picture and offer erotic services. And also in some of the ads, Resnick appears with her partner, a woman who works for the Sex Workers Outreach Project. Despite claiming in some ads to bring great heights of sensuality, sexuality, and ultimate pleasure, and offering a plethora of fantasies satiating your insatiable thirst for kink, both claim that they do nothing more than offer companionship. When police called one of the phone numbers in the ad, Resnick allegedly told them full service was available. And police are claiming that this is prostitution language for um, sexual intercourse. So when I read this, <laughs> it bothered me a little bit just because, I mean, I don't have anything against sex work or, you know, it's your own body. If you want to sell it, you know, do what you want with it. But, you know, if it looks like a duck, and it acts like a duck. It's a fucking duck. It walks yeah. like a duck. Yeah, whatever. What kind of full services are you talking about? Right. I mean, like, whether they're... Oh, what kind of full service? Sometimes when I go to the gas station, they offer full service. <laughs> but I don't go in think I'm getting a hand job or anything. <laughs> they probably don't offer it on Craigslist either. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> but I mean, like, um, you know, whether what the police did or said, all the he said, she said stuff, like, the ads are up on Craigslist, you know? Everybody can see them. I'm not sure, like what the argument really is there and the fact that she's claiming that it's harassment that kind of just like it puts a damper on anyone else claiming harassment if you're just throwing that around every time you get arrested for something you're probably doing you know (laughs) so now if someone who's really being harassed claims it you know if enough people do that they're going to be like "Ah, whatever they're just bitching I was just trying to get a date. (laughs) (laughs) I think it also kind of makes the uh, sex worker outreach project I don't know if it puts them in a very good light if their people are getting arrested and then claiming harassment for something that sounds pretty obvious that they're doing. Yeah, use more vague wording in the ads. Maybe, yeah. (laughs) I'm not encouraging or discouraging. (laughs) I mean... Massage service. Who's really going to pay $150 an hour for companionship (laughs) with no sex? Some people do. Don't look at me funny. (laughs) Actually, you were in her black book. (laughs) Oh, what black book? I don't know about this. (laughs) Under O? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so in other news, moving away from... Well... Alright, this is actually still discrimination. A lesbian Xbox Live player is saying that she was harassed and eventually kicked off the gaming console as a result of identifying herself as a lesbian in her profile. Microsoft has explained that they don't allow anyone to identify themselves either through their handles or profiles as gay or straight, nor do they allow sexual information of any kind in those areas. They seem to base this on the idea of trying to protect children from material that might be unsuitable for them. As though extreme violence that's seen in many of many video games is even more appropriate for children than identifying oneself as a lesbian. <laughs> what was yeah. the handle that she what was about? using? Uh, I don't know the exact... I, she wasn't using a handle. She just, in her profile, stated that she was a lesbian. Mm. And so, like, it, it sounds... A lot of people were chasing her, basically. She had to switch from, like, worlds and games because people would read her profile and then chase her out of the game she was playing. And it sounds like she would enter a new game. And that this group of people would then follow her into that game and, like, tell everybody else that was in the game that she was a lesbian and that she shouldn't be here. And so eventually it just got so big that I think it got back to Microsoft. And they deleted her account. That's horrible. Yeah. 
put the blame on her. Right. So, I mean, I, I, their, their excuse, though, was basically that, you know, they don't allow anyone to do it across the board, and it's for, you know, keeping the place, I guess, clean for minors. But then you see some of the games they put out, and I don't know that their real concern is, like, children's safety or anything like that. <laughs> when you've got, like, Grand Theft Auto and you're... Killing you know, people. Fucking prostitutes and shooting police officers. Right. <laughs> Go me crazy. a little more concerned about that. <laughs> that but. sounds like a Craigslist ad. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the last article we have for Q News is about the Gay History Museum in the Castro. And they're using a space that was um, originally leased by Washington Mutual. And Washington Mutual, for some reason, wasn't using the space. So they said that the Gay History Museum could put a satellite branch there and they're running it time the the exhibits to coincide with milk so when woman went down there was a big concern over what was going to happen to the museum and chase uh who bought wamu said that they weren't interested in the space and that they were going to give up the space as the primary leaseholder um but the museum the people who run the museum got in contact with chase and uh basically were like you know you're going to ruin a lot of goodwill that you've established in this community and I think in the end, Chase realized that the LGBT, commu- the LGBT community, with our typically larger disposable incomes, it's not really a community that they wanted to lose in this economy. So they're going to keep the lease, and the museum's going to stay there for the time being, it sounds like. So that's good. Good note to end on. So, did, you, did any of you get a chance to check it out? I haven't seen it yet, but the article also mentioned that the first Wednesday of every month is going to be free, and otherwise it's only $3 entry. No, that's not bad. I haven't been there yet. I don't deviate from my short walks on the beach. so <laughs> No, I haven't, but I, I should go check it out. All right, well, let's get into Rainbow Rumors. Rainbow Rumors! So I know all of you have been catching up with the L Word, and last episode I talked about how every episode they basically point the finger at who could have killed Jenny. And my guess is it's either Helena or Bet because um, Dylan came back into Helena's life and everybody but Helena wanted to test Dylan to see if she would basically screw Helena over again. So um, at Max's baby shower, uh, Jenny told Dylan that she quote unquote passed the test and um, needless to say, she, Dylan left the party and Helena was pissed off. And then at the end of the last episode, um, uh, Jenny took a picture of that supposedly going down on her partner. Um, and I, my guess is she's going to blackmail. That wasn't her partner. That, oh, her business partner. Her business partner. Okay, yeah, yeah. This is a huge spoiler for me because I haven't seen this episode, but oh, I'm okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just not talk about the L word? I'm we kidding. Won't talk about I'm kidding. It. No, I think we should carry on. No one likes to hear about it. But um, the, the <laughs> people just like to bitch about this season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you cannot, you don't have to watch it, because I already told you what happened. Right. We're just doing you a favor. Thank you. Actually, you are. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, another rumor is that Annie Libowitz, the famed celebrity and Washington personality photographer, was rumored to pawn off her um, copyright to her life's work. Wow. Um, She's in major debt. She had to borrow $15.5 million dollars from a Manhattan group um, 
What's sad to me when I read the article was that、um, she probably is in debt because her partner, Susan, passed away in 2004. And、um, I'm guessing she's probably paying a lot of the property taxes because when you aren't married and your partner leaves you her estate, his or her estate,、um, you have to pay the government 50%. 15%, or sorry, 50% of the value of the property、yeah. um, to the government. So,、um, I don't know. like... One more reason for gay marriage. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's really、so、sad, really too. Sad. Like, the copyright in your life's work. I mean, she's like, done so much.、Yeah. Not、crazy. just in Vanity Fair, but like, her work has been shown all over. I went to her exhibit at,、um, where was it? The Legion of Honors.、Mm-hmm. I think it was last year, like last summer or something.、Um, and it's really great work. She had a lot of, I think she dedicated that exhibit to her partner.、Um, There's a lot of video and like pictures of her partner and their children. Cool. So, yeah. About the exhibit, not about her being in debt. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just to clarify <laughs> 50%, great. <laughs> Um, and then this rumor is a shout out to my friend Lauren Michael because she was asking if、uh, Tasha is gay in real life.、Um, Tasha, or Rose Rollins, is the actress that plays Tasha on The L Word. And、um, according to Curve Magazine,、um, she, Rose is sometimes mistaken for a lesbian because she's a tomboy. Um, so <laughs> Me <that's>... too. <laughs> <laughs> so my guess You're is that she's not. Like a boy. <laughs> yeah, sometimes often. <laughs> so she was saying that she grew up with five brothers and she's a tomboy and you know she's mistaken for a lesbian. But that's a no, Lauren. Sorry. Sorry, Lauren.、Mm. Tasha's my favorite character. Too bad she's not gay in real life. There goes my chances. Yeah, I still long for <laughs> Carmen, so what does that say? <laughs> While you're stuck in the past. <laughs> yeah, well, look at my hair. <laughs> of course I am. Yeah, that mullet is crazy. It's <laughs>、yeah, <I> <laughs> not so much a mullet anymore. <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> oh my god, it is. <laughs> It's not, I like it. Yeah, thanks. A lot. So, real quick, I, maybe Jenny killed herself. I thought it would be a dream of mine. <laughs> no, yeah, it would have been off your dream if it would have happened in like, the first season, though. By what? Asphyxi- asphyxiation? Just drunk, fall in the pool, I don't know. Stupidness?、Yeah. Uh, yes, death, death by stupidity. Death by bitchiness?、Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, if people could really die that way, there'd be a lot of.、Uh, <laughs> there'd be no one left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> death by bitchiness. <laughs> All right, let's get into the interview, guys. So, we have two special guests today. One is Erica. Hi, Erica. Hi. And the other is Lila. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good.、Um, I just have a couple questions for you guys today. We're talking about bisexuality and if there's such a term or、um, what do you identify as, Erica?、Um, well, I've never really liked labels, period. So,、um, I've gotten used to calling myself bisexual when asked the question, but really I like to answer it with I'm Erica. And I, if I'm going to identify with anything that really means something to me, it's queer.、Mm. What about you, Lila? Yeah, I'm the same way. I usually identify as queer. I'm, I'm not super comfortable with the term bisexual because I think it kind of reinforces the binary. And I've dated trans people and you know, people that defy the just male female. 
distinction. So I, I more identify with queer than bisexuality, but I fuck boys and girls, so I guess that counts, right? <laughs> that definitely counts. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when did you guys realize that you were queer or, you know, that you were attracted to both genders or the third gender? I mean, I, I know I had my first heartbreaking crush at four years old, um, but I didn't know what that meant or obviously I wasn't aware of sexuality whatsoever at that time. Um, but I'd say in my teenage years is when I realized that I was different than the straight girls. And your four-year-old crush was a boy or a girl? It was a girl. Oh, very cute. cute. We could have been neighbors. I, my <laughs> mine was at four years old too. <laughs> Maybe it was each other. No, <laughs> Carolyn was, Clark. Her name was Lisa. Sorry, out there. Wow, Oregon. <laughs> you remember gay now. your crush? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We had like role play and everything. But what yeah. kind of <laughs> she, kinky she made, at she, what age? Four. Four. Damn, she made me a, a briefcase, and I was the husband. And we would uh, set up a fort in the back yard. Oh, yeah. It was some serious role play. We, it just wasn't house. Yeah. yeah. Oh. There was or, a lot of dry humping that happened. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Is that what people do in Oregon? Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that and put patchouli on. Yeah. so Lila when did you um realize that you were attracted to both genders um I never really honestly had like a realization it just always was kind of the way it was and I never questioned it I didn't really question it until other people started questioning it questioning it um so your family or your friends um yeah like you know I just I dated a girl my first girlfriend I dated a girl before I ever dated a guy and my first girlfriend was a friend of mine and then it was kind of like one day I was kind of like you know we're more than friends right like to my mom you know and she was like she's your special friend and we just moved on and didn't talk about it anymore after that but yeah I totally had like the like the the boy wall and the girl wall in my room growing up like when you have like teen beat and you have like I had like I had like Drew Barrymore <laughs> and bopper. Winona Ryder on one wall and I had like you know Johnny Depp on the other wall <laughs> like I never Ooh, really Johnny Depp. yeah you know <laughs> I had all girls on my wall <laughs> Who were your girl crushes? Oh, like Claudia Schiffer and the rest of the young supermodels from oh, yeah. the 1980s. Yeah. Love them. Linda Evangelista. Mm-hmm. Cindy Crawford. Christy Tarlington. Of course I do. Yeah. Always I'm, the black I'm, and white shots. I'm the shots. oldest one here. Of course mm-hmm. I remember. Are you? Yeah. You look so young for your oh, age. That's, we're sitting far away. You can't see. <laughs> <laughs> and my eyesight's going. No, it's right. just no, Cataracts. So do any of you guys have a definition for bisexuality? Just throw it in there. Um, <laughs> um, bisexuality. I mean, for me, that implies implies that you're attracted to biological men and women, which is why I identify more with queer because I've, I've definitely uh, dated people outside of, of the biological um, realm of, of, uh, gender identification but um yeah i would i would just put it with people that are attracted to both sexes i i really and another thing i really hate the term opposite sexes like i avoid the term opposite sexes at all costs so both sexes is is prevalent for me but i always define it as you know you have the emotional and physical capacity to be intimate with a member of the same sex as well as you know I know you don't like the word opposite sex, other but sex. The, the other, other sex, yeah. <laughs> something other than yourself. Yeah. 
Hmm. Oregon, do you have a term? No, it's it's so loosely defined because I feel very genderqueer. Mm-hmm. So there's no opposite for me. Exactly. And yeah, I don't use that term either. I just say queer and um and also then you you start boxing other people in that if you are female bodied but identify as genderqueer and then have sex with a trans guy, mm-hmm. then what does it make all of you and what is the relationship? And I I just don't think that it's train B. Yeah, that yeah. you can label stuff anymore. Yeah, I and think it's huge, really fluid. Sorry, a huge thing for me too is dating. I've dated w- who I would consider they're biological men, but they identify as queer, and it's not straight sex. Like mm-hmm. by any, like to me, I've had more queer sex with biological boys than I've had with some women. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that that's a huge um, part of the population that gets kind of overlooked because from visual reference, it's a male and a female. You know, but like what goes on in the bedroom can be totally, completely not straight heteronormative sex so i think looks can be deceiving and terms Mm -hmm. can be limiting so interesting um i thought this was really interesting the apa just determined last year that bisexual quote-unquote bisexuality was its own sexual orientation and not a transitional phase on the way to being gay or you know the gateway to being gay um, why do you think it took so long for this to be established? I have to say in my early years, I also thought that it was a transition. I just assumed that that meant I was going to be a full-blown lesbian at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, why, why haven't I made the full change yet? What's happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, you know, some maybe the mainstream society think that it is um, a the gateway. gateway. A yeah. gateway to being full-blown gay or whatever. I think especially for men, it becomes like that. With women, I don't... I, we have this such this girls-gone-wild culture that yeah. it's, like, almost encouraged, you know, for women to experience. You get the Katy Perrys and the, you know, the whole... Our favorite. You know, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it encourages this sort of promiscuous bisexuality that, to me, is invalidated because it's done for for men's pleasure, not for the pleasure between the women. And right. so... Um, but with men specifically, I definitely think it's seen as a gateway. Like, men who identify as bisexual are definitely seen as, like, oh, that's just one stop on the way to Gayville, you know? Right. Like, they'll be there soon, don't worry. Like, But with women, I, I haven't experienced that quite as much. I've experienced the, um, the like, confusion thing. Like, oh, you're just confused. Right. You'll settle down eventually one way or the other. But I haven't experienced that they've, that they've seen, like, that that was, like, I was on my way there. Well, and I think also um, from hearing a lot of my friends' um, coming out stories, a lot of them came out to their parents saying that they were bisexual. And I think part of it is they didn't even know at the time if they were, you know, queer, gay, straight, what what have you. And, you know, even for myself, I was, quote unquote, bisexual for 10 years and, you know, just came out two years ago. So, um you know, I think a lot of it is you're figuring it out for yourself and, you know, whether or not other people want to put a label on you. I mean, that's just for their own comfort, really, is what labels I are used for. bisexual with my mom when coming out because I said, okay, in case you're wondering why I'm playing the pronoun game with <laughs> who's moving back to California with me, um, her name is Jamie. And my mom goes, oh. <gasps> And I go, but don't worry, mom. Don't worry, mom. I'm I'm not gay. I'm yeah. bisexual. And she's like, why is that supposed to make me feel better? <laughs> so wow. she goes, why can't you just choose? And I was like, uh, I wish it were that easy. Right. I wish I could choose. That's interesting. 
I've but never yeah. heard that before. That she just wanted, she wants to put you in a box, like one way or the other. Yeah. She wants to know what she's dealing with, and I think that that's where the the uncomfortability mm-hmm. with society and everyone comes yeah. from. Is like if they can go, oh, you're this or you're that. Okay, but if you're like, I saw you with a guy last week, and now I'm seeing you with this person, and I don't know what gender they are, I can't, you know, yeah. people are so uncomfortable with that in between, whether it be sexuality or gender. My dad was just happy that I came out and laughed with me, and then has called <laughs> me awesome. his faggy daughter ever since. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> that's rad. <laughs> Maybe your dad should talk to my mom. <laughs> get her some help. <laughs> we should have a dinner and get everyone together. A little pea flag action. Yeah, seriously. I mean, we still have applications in this world where it's like male or female, you know, Mm -hmm. check one box. There's not one for transgender. Yeah, even on MySpace. (laughs) Oh, MySpace. Yeah, I wish there was a queer option on MySpace, too. And it's not even bisexual. It's just bi. Like, I just, uh, that irks me even more. Like, just the fact, B-I, like... Yeah. Just whittle it down. Yeah. <laughs> I just put swear. <laughs> Swinger. Swinger. But that's a whole other show. <laughs> so do either one of you prefer one gender, you know, quote unquote gender over the other? I personally don't. Um, I, I'm definitely somebody who's attracted to the person, not the gender. Mm-hmm. So... Or, or even the sexual orientation. So I can usually find myself attracted to somebody who's never going to be attracted to me. <laughs> Regardless of what they identify mm-hmm. as. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm attracted to any gender more than any other gender. I'm attracted to certain sexualities. Like I like, I generally am attracted to queer people because I feel like there's less limitations in bed and I don't know, I don't like limitations in bed, but um Generally, no. I would say if you look at my past history, maybe that I've been, I've had more serious relationships with men and I've had, um, but I enjoy sex more with women. And I think maybe that's because I I think more like a guy. And so I tend to get on better with guys, like on a more um, communication level. Like, I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just tend to get on, like, I like, you know, I'd rather, like, go play pool and have a beer than go shopping, and, like, I'm stereotypically, like, more towards that, like, male thought pattern, and so I think we, like, click a little bit better mentally sometimes, but it just definitely depends on the person. What about you, Oregon? (laughs) (laughs) I find lots of people attractive. Um, I think biological males are attractive. I just don't want to have sex with them. Or if I were to, it wouldn't be conventional. Exactly. Um, I, I, <laughs> Drop I, I haven't had yeah. sex with a biological male for 16 years. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Not not quite a gold star, but it can be empowering. It's, it's a blemish. <laughs> That's another yeah, show I, altogether. I, I, already feel, I already feel very empowered. We'll so talk good. about that later. <laughs> um, so, Erica, what do you think the best aspect of being queer is? Uh, that's a loaded question. It is a loaded <laughs> question. Um, or what do you think is the best aspect of dating both men and women? Well, I get to satisfy so many different areas of my sexuality. Um, you know, I'm not limited in my head and in my heart and in my brain or whatever. Um, I want to go to many places. So, yeah, you know, being bisexual um, or being attracted to both sexes you know, makes that possible. That makes sense. But it's also like the albatross hanging around my neck. It's, it's, it's hard. It can be really difficult. Um, most men 
I mean, I prefer to date men who are obviously queer friendly, but if I end up with your typical straight guy, I feel like I'm betraying my lesbian community. Right. Um, and do your friends make you feel that way? No, no, no. Luckily, I've been blessed with amazing friends that are not uh, judgmental at all. So, um, but it does limit where I can hang out with right. with mm-hmm. the guy. Um, but when I'm dating a woman, it seems to open up everything. It, mm-hmm. I seem to be accepted in both both cultures. Interesting. What about you, Lila? What was the question? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what is the best aspect of for you dating both um, biological males and females and uh, transgender? Um, just the possibilities. I think. I think. I, like taking gender out of the equation with who I'm attracted to. Um, opens up a certain level like I can see somebody on the bus from behind or something and be like ooh and they can turn around and be whoever they are and I don't I'm not shocked either way I'm not like ooh that person I thought was going to be a boy is a girl or you know like either way I'm just like hmm interesting (laughs) so I just like that um, the possibilities for sure Um, but I think the hardest part about it is that people tend to like define you by who you're with so it's really hard to switch between the communities when if I'm dating a guy I'm defined as straight and then if I'm dating a woman yeah exactly you immediately fall into kind of those gender gender roles and relationship roles of like oh but you were with a guy last month and now you're with a girl like I thought you were straight what's your you know like what's your deal kind of thing and it's just constantly that you're defined by who you're with and not by you know it's it's like a a piece of you that doesn't go acknowledged um so that's probably the worst bit about it but overall I like it (laughs) That's cool. Um, Anything else to add over again? (laughs) Well, thank you so much, both of you, Lila and Erica, for coming on and answering some questions. And um, we definitely want to welcome any comments on this episode and interview from you listeners. If you can uh, comment on www.thelesbianpodcast.com, I want to hear some feedback. Thanks so much. All right, so wanted to thank our guests for coming in today, and they just wanted to remind everyone that, you know, just because you're bisexual doesn't mean you're getting two for the price of one. <laughs> <laughs> or that you're a slut. <laughs> or that you're a slut. And uh, wanted to thank the rain and the homeless guy in the background for, you know, joining us and making noise <laughs> on the podcast. That's always fun. And don't forget to check out the Ask Charlies. She's still here to answer your love and relationship questions, no matter how crazy they may be. <laughs> And be sure to stay tuned for our next episode. We're going to do an episode with women in music, and our guest host is going to be Ali Shaw, who is the label manager for Listen Records, and we're going to have an up-and-coming music artist, Sarah Odin, on to discuss some of the challenges faced by women, and especially lesbians, when uh, breaking into the music business and what opportunities are out there for them. So especially if you're an artist, you'll want to stay tuned for that show. And I think that's it. Charlie? Stay sexy, San Francisco. <laughs> Stay soggy, San Francisco. Right, I know. Stay sexy and dry. You can dampen my hair, but not my spirit. <laughs> Wait, sexy and dry don't really go together. <laughs> sexy and wet is definitely for this yeah. weather. No, it's a, that's a KY commercial. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Was it good for you? <laughs> <laughs>